Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And I just love Wednesday nights. There's just something special about Wednesday nights that are, they're just different than Sunday. If you normally come on Sunday, you know, we, we have great services, but Wednesday, there's just like that extra, you know, that, that the extra mile, like you've come the extra mile to come to church and, and God meets you in that place and it's evident in the atmosphere. So we are gonna have a great night tonight. We have, yes, we are going to have a cherished three by 10. You are gonna hear from some mighty cherished ladies in this house. And um, so I'm excited to hear from each and every one of them. And they're gonna come up one after another and, and preach. So I'm gonna introduce them all right now for you. So first up, we're gonna have the amazing Morgan McGill. Come here. You usually see her up on stage worshiping, singing her heart out, but today we're gonna hear um, her, her teach and preach. So beautiful Morgan, she has been involved in politics since the age of 15. Yeah, she's amazing. She ran for Congress and she's done so many amazing things. She's on the ballot right now for a lakeside seat. So if you're in Lakeside, vote for her. She is Amy Reichardt's campaign manager and she's committed to seeing um, Christians, spirit-filled Christians in the seats of power. So we are gonna um, change San Diego with, with in the political landscape because of our, um, our partnership with people like Morgan and our politi political action pack. So we're gonna hear from Morgan. Next up, we have the amazing Elena Baker coming up. They say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So Elena, mother of five, she is a boss. If, you, if I need something done, I'm like, Elena, I need this. I need this done. She's like, I'm on it. I got it. She's got it done. She's a boss. Her and her husband oversee many teams here at El Cajon campus. And we are thankful for the bakers and what they bring, the baker factor to El Cajon campus. We love you guys. And then last but not least, um, an iconic mama of our house of El Cajon, beautiful Leanne Yarbrough is coming up. Um, and I just love you so much. And, and I just love how you never, you always have something to give, a kind word, a, just a hand, a hug, a, you know, and an encouragement. And you're always lifting people up. You're making people around you better wherever you go. And I'm just so thankful for who you are and what you bring to this campus. Not only that, she oversees, her and her husband oversee our recovery ministry here on Sunday nights. And just incredible fruit from there because of your heart to see people's lives changed because of how God has worked through your lives and, and the fruit is evident all around, so we love you. All right, so let's give a warm welcome to the mighty Morgan McGill as she comes to share. Hello, good evening, everybody. I wanna start by honoring Pastor 
Pastor Jürgen and Leanne for having a heart and a church that wants to grow and disciple leaders like our amazing pastors, pastors Michael and Lisa Hunley. And I want to honor you guys for carrying that blueprint that they have created into this county and to and for discipling us. I also want to honor my parents who I didn't know were coming and are here. Um, mom and dad. I want to honor you for being such a great example of what it looks like to have a healthy marriage. And my testimony is about my marriage to Chris, so I just want to, just great. Anyway, so you guys can have a seat, please. So when Pastor Lisa asked me to talk on the topic of his promises are yes and amen, the very first thing that I heard God tell me is yes and amen does not mean yes and right now. And so most of his promises actually require a season of waiting and a season of preparation. And I want to speak into that tonight because that's, that's where I was. I, when I came into this house, I thought I was ready for marriage and I was definitely not. And God changed me. And I want to tell that story tonight. So my very first Cherish conference was in October of 2019. And I went to our cherished prayer in the morning before the conference, and we were praying, and Marissa Pyle started praying, uh, and she asked, who here is single and praying for their husband? And I, my hand shot up, and I remember someone putting their hand on me and praying while we were all praying together, and then she told me, in one year, you are going to be with your husband. And I said, yes, amen, I received this, yes, please. Uh, so that takes me to the first part of pre pre preparing for your promise is you have to believe it first. Believe the promise that God has given you. In Mark 11, uh, verses 22 to 24, Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But underline this part, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Scott Isaacs preached a great message last Wednesday, and I recommend you all listen to it if you weren't here. And he said to, we have to see with our spiritual eyes into the future. And that's the same thing with our promises. If we can't see our promise, I'm in that season right now where God has promised me a baby and I've been trying for almost two years to have that baby, but I see it when I close my eyes, I see my baby. And so I'm standing on that promise. And so I want you to change the word, interchange the word, believe it will happen to see it will happen. And that's, and, and that's how that will, that's what will keep the doubt and the discouragement away when you're in that season of waiting and preparation. But the second part after you have that belief is you need to prepare for the promise. When I came into this house, I thought I was ready for marriage, but I was a mess. I was, I had a lot of depression. I had a lot of anxiety. I was partying a lot. I was very promiscuous and and all I was single and I had a track record of failed relationships 
And it took coming into this house for me to realize that the common denominator in all of that was me. And I was the one that needed to change. I needed to change how I let men treat me. And I needed to change how I treated men. And in Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 38, Jesus gave this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. And I love this verse so much because we have to change in order to see the change that we want in our life. But a lot of the time, change is so painful that we, that we just resist it. And then we, we get off the path of where God has called us. And one of my favorite worship songs of all time is the song, New Wine. And I wanna read some, some of the lyrics to you because it just spoke so much to me in that season. It's in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new ground. So I yield to you into your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me your vessel, make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. And when I was in that season, I like after getting that word, I really felt like God was God told me to stop dating men and to start dating him for a season. And I was obedient in that. And it's a, it was a hard thing to do, but I was obedient in that. And in that he healed me from mindsets that I needed to change. He healed me from the mindset that I needed to sleep with someone in order for them to love me. He healed me from the mindset that I didn't deserve to be treated like a queen. And I was praying prayers like, Lord, make me the woman my future husband needs. And it was because of those prayers and that season and that change that when I felt the release to start dating again, I was like, oh yeah, let's go. But God has a sense of humor and he likes to show off. So he gave me that release two weeks before the world shut down. And I was like two months, two months into the two weeks to slow the spread. I was like, I got real with God. And I got really upset. And I was like, I can't even go get a haircut. How am I supposed to meet my husband? God, you promised me this. Like, what the heck? And I just felt like he told me to download Bumble. And God is such a redeemer because that meant a lot to me. That specific app meant a lot to me because in my before Christ days, I used Bumble a lot, but not for the right reasons. And God is such a, so good and such a redeemer that three days into being on Bumble, I came across a very handsome man. <laughs> With a bio that sold it for me, Jesus is my homie. <laughs> and in our very first phone conversation, we both came into that 
as completely healed people who knew exactly who we were and exactly what we wanted. And we basically did premarital counseling in our very first phone conversation. We're like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. <laughs> and, and it was because of that, because of that season of preparation and because of, of all that I had put in that four months later, less than one year after that word was spoken over me that I would be with my husband, Chris proposed to me. <laughs> and he didn't know. He didn't know that I had that promise. <laughs> And on the surface, it looked really fast. On the, on the outside, people thought, wow, that happened really fast, four months. But had we met six months earlier, I don't know if it would have worked out because I still had so much that I needed to heal from and so much baggage uh, that I needed to break off in order to be the perfect woman for him. So I want you all to close your eyes for a minute and I want to, you to reflect on what are you believing for that you're not yet ready for? And as you reflect on that, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. God, I thank you for the promise you have planted in my heart. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And that I will receive my promise. God, I ask that you prepare me for my promise. Make me the person I need to be to be ready to receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So. So next up, we have Elena Baker. And I, please stay standing for the most amazing mama bear that I know. Oh. Morgan, you are so beautiful, inside and out. I love you. I love you. It was amazing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to church. <laughs> All right. Um, of course, I want to honor, thank Pastor Yurga and Pastor Leanne. They're the reason we're all here. Well, Jesus, of course, but yes, they were obedient. Thank you, Jesus, for them. They're amazing. Pastor Michael, Pastor Lisa, I want to honor and thank you. We love you guys. You're amazing. Okay, so I want to share tonight um, around how amazing God is, right? We're just going to talk about how amazing God is. So I do want to share with you... Um, some of the ways that God speaks to me is um, through peace. So, like, if I have peace about something, and, like, wait, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. When I have peace about something, I know that God is blessing it, right? And then, two, my husband and I are in agreement. So, I was believing for God to do something this year in my life. Something different, something new. I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, but I was believing him for it. And there were opportunities that came up that um, those things didn't line up right. I didn't have peace, or my husband wasn't on board, right? Gotta be on board, honey. Um, 
And so I know that wasn't what he had for me, so I would let those opportunities pass me by, which sometimes when really good opportunities pass us by, it can be discouraging, right? But we know we have to remember our God is good. He has good things for us. We don't need to get wrapped up in things that um, he doesn't want for us because there's something else, right? Because there's something else. So no peace, no confirmation. You're my confirmation, baby. Um, Then I don't step into it. So an opportunity came up, y'all. I had the opportunity to go back to school, right? There was peace. Like I could feel them all over it, right? And my husband, he was like filling the application out for me. So he was totally in agreement with this. And then like the cream on top of this, um, this opportunity was that it was all paid for. Yes, it was all paid for. My husband, prior, um, excuse me, not prior, retired Marine, yes. When he was in, (laughs) when he was in, he had some VA, um, some veteran um, benefits for school that he transferred to me and to the kids. So everything's paid for. Um, So I hopped in, and I'll make this quick because some of you already know this testimony, right? So I get into school, and I'm excited. I'm in my lane. I'm right where I know God has me. And all of a sudden, I'm not in school anymore. (laughs) I get dropped from my classes like less than two weeks into it, um, and I'm sad, trying to figure out what's going on, because I know God said yes, right? And then um, I get put back into my classes, right? After a whole bunch of people told me no. It took a couple days, but God had the last word, right? Yes, God had the last word. So after all of this settled, and I'm talking to my VA representative. Now, that's the person who handles my GI Bill benefits from, you know, my husband um, in the military. And she told me that I never should have been dropped because VA students don't get dropped, right? But she said, I was not marked as a VA student. So it didn't matter if I told all the other people in finance that I was a VA student, they couldn't see it in the system. So the school had misidentified me, right? So sometimes we will be misidentified. We will be misidentified. So I wanna talk to you tonight about being misidentified. All right, so if you guys can come with me, we're gonna um, go to the Bible and look at some people who also were misidentified, right? And how it turned out for them. All right, so we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a back, like Elena version of the story, because I don't have time to read through the whole thing. All right, so in the previous chapter, David, he was anointed king, all right? He's a young kid. Um, Samuel the prophet came to his house, uh, his dad's house, excuse me, the house of, of Jesse, and he has like eight brothers, He's actually, he's one of the eight brothers. And everybody was invited to the show, right? I want to say show, but invited to the show. We'll go with it. And except for him, he was left out in the field, right? So he wasn't even like invited to his own anointing party, right? Nobody identified him. Nobody knew what was going, you know, anything about what God was doing on the inside of him, right? So but eventually he gets to the party, right? Because if God wants you in the room, you're going to be in the room, right? So you don't got to worry about how, you don't got to worry about what, you don't got to worry about who, because he's going to work it out for you. All right, so he gets in the room, he gets anointed, and he gets empowered by God, right? Spirit rests upon him. All right, let's fast forward, right? So now David is being sent by his father again to go check on his three oldest brothers. 
They are old enough to be enlisted into the army, so they are actually fighting a war against the Philistines with King Saul. And he shows up to check on his brothers, bring some supplies, right? And then he's like talking to the other soldiers, trying to figure out what's going on. And there's like a giant there mocking his God and, you know, taunting his fellow Israelite brothers, the promised people, right? And David is all about like, he's, he's not about it. He's not about it, right? And so he's asking questions and his brother overhears the conversation. So that's what we're going to read right now. So if you'll come with me in first second, first, first Samuel 17, 28. All right. But when David's eldest brother, Elib, there we go, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know your pride and your deceit. You just want to see the battle. All right. Like this opportunity, if somebody was talking to me like that, I think I might get offended, <laughs> right? Right, but you know what? David doesn't get offended. David had a cause, David had a calling. David was anointed, right? He was anointed to be king. So, I mean, he wasn't king yet. He wasn't in the full authority of that, of that calling on his life, but the, but the anointing was already there. He was called to lead the Israelite people right? God's chosen people. He was called to protect God's chosen people, right? So when he was walking around, like talking to all the soldiers about this big giant that who's out there defying God, honestly, I think he might've been trying to like size up like how he was going to be able to get out on that battlefield and take that giant out because like, he's just this young kid. So like all these people looked at him, I need to slow down. All these people are looking at him like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do because his God was for him, right? So he eventually does end up in front of the king, right, King Saul, and he eventually ends up on that battlefield in front of Goliath, the man who was mocking God, and he took him out, right? The giant slayer, right? He took out King David, excuse me, David at the time, took out that giant, and uh, the most important thing to me in this is like he didn't get distracted from like his, his calling. He didn't get distracted from the anointing that God had put on his life. Like he stayed focused on God and what God was saying, and he didn't allow offense to mess with him. Now I'm going to jump back real quick because, you know, sometimes it's hard not to get offended. Sometimes it's hard not to borrow other people's offenses for you. And in my, in my testimony, when I was talking to people and we were going through all these conversations and I am like asking people like, please put me back in my classes. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, like it, 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 could, it was hard. And you know, sometimes it's hard to watch people that you love go through hard things, right? I'm honestly, as Stan was with me, cause he was with me through this whole situation, um, there were calls that he had to take over cause I wasn't able to talk you know, because I was upset. Um, and, you know, he, he was sending emails too. He taken over conversations. And honestly, by the end of it, when they told me no, like Stan had his list of grievances, this school was dead to him. <laughs> All right? Like he was ready to take out a couple people from me. He's like, honey, this school ain't good enough. I know, let's go here, here, and here. But like something in me, like didn't have peace with leaving, guys. Like when God speaks to you, and you're in a situation and it's emotional and you don't know what's going on, go back to the point where you had peace. Go back to the point where you had peace. Don't let the devil knock you out. 
that would, that this is my school, right? Like God got, he brought me back to the point where like I'm back in my classes, I got my A's, like things are going well, right? Um, but if I would have got offended and I would have unenrolled from that school before God was bringing, before he was done bringing me my promise, where would I be right now? Where would I be right now? I wouldn't be able to be telling you about God's goodness. I probably would be grumbling, you know what I mean, about, of, about my offense and what was done to me, right? I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. We all are not victims. We are victors. If God speaks to you, you stand on that promise and you claim it and you don't let anyone take it from you because God will come through for you. His promises for you are yes and amen. Now, the powerful, the mighty, Leanne Yarber. Oh, hello, everyone. First and foremost, I want to honor our campus pastors and Jurgen and Leanne, Lisa and Michael. You know, I am so, we are so blessed to be led by people who stand for what is right. To, to stand, it, it doesn't matter what arena it is, the political arena, what do we stand for? They stand for what is right. And I just want to honor them for their bravery. And I'm so honored to be part of a church that's on the front line of this revival that's starting right here at Awaken Church. So when uh, Pastor Lisa had asked me to, to share on Yes and Amen, a lot of you know what I do for a living. Some of you may not, might not know me. I actually own a company that puts on marathon and half marathon events around the country. But um, what started that, what, what some of you don't know, I have another business, and I started the San Diego Run Club about 15 years ago. And I started, and that's basically what launched me into where I'm at today. So I started this club 15 years ago, and um, you know, I charge people like $90 for six months, and it's my passion. I love running. I don't talk a lot about running. That's why you don't, probably don't know because I told myself a long time ago I wouldn't talk to people about running 26 miles because when I do, they think I'm weird. And <laughs> and so, when you try to have a conversation with someone who doesn't do the same thing, like run 26 miles or 50 miles a week, they don't know how to react, and so I just don't usually talk about that or my training or anything like that, but that's what I do, and that's my passion. I love running. Um, I, I always have, and so I started this company, and so, um, you know, I, I, I don't charge people a lot because I love doing it, and I get up on Saturday mornings, and I get up really early um, and set up water stations. I've been doing this for 15 years. In addition, I have some other coaches. I coach during the week, and I put up training programs for people that want to try to qualify for Boston or just want to run their first half marathon. And so I put in a lot of hours and it really makes, I really probably make somewhere around a dollar an hour. Um, so a long time ago, my dad had told me, my dad, by the way, is and, and always will be the smartest man that I've ever known. And he said to me one time, he said, when you figure out what it is that you love to do, figure out a way to make money at it and you'll never work a day in your life. So... He didn't realize. First Peter 4:10 through 11 says this: God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift of speaking? 
Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have a gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring him glory to God through Jesus Christ. All the glory and power to him forever. Amen. So in 1 Peter, obviously what God is talking about, he's talking about the spiritual gifts of prophecy and healing and things like that. But, but the general idea of blessing others also carries over into our talents. And so God just doesn't give us things for our own benefit. The talents that we're given, we're given to honor and glorify God and to help others. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, how am I going to make a career out of running? I'm not a Kenyan. I am never going to win a race. That is not the gift that God gave me. <laughs> But what I am is I represent the majority of marathoners. The majority of marathoners do not run two hours and 20 minutes. The majority of marathoners run like what I do. They either are qualifying for Boston or they're, or they're, or they're just wanting to finish 26.2 miles. And so I... I know that God, so I thought, Lord, how am I going to make this career happen? But I know that God has given me through this experience. He's also called me to help others. He's called me to, to, to be an event planner. He's called me to be a creative. And through this, I had a course in my mind, a race course, in, here in San Diego, and it had been, it'd been in my head forever. And I'm like, why has nobody put a race on? And so from Rancho Penasquitos down the 56 bike path all the way to the beach, it's 13.1 miles. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go for it. And I went to the city, the, the police, uh, traffic control, and I got all my ducks in a row. And, I, and I, I just heard God say, this is what I want you doing. This is what you are called to do. I'm going to bless you in this arena so you can bless others. So I said, okay, God, all right, you promised if I use my talents to glorify you, then you're going to make it happen. In 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us by his spirit. He has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. So I knew he was going to complete this because I knew in my heart this was what I was created to do. He created me to do this. And I'm like, great, God, because I don't have any money to do this. <laughs> But you know what? It was never an issue for me because I knew, I knew money was never a hurdle for God, so it wasn't a hurdle for me. So my yes was agreeing to God's assignment, God's assignment for me and his promise for me, and my amen was believing and knowing that God is true to his word. So it didn't matter that I didn't have money. I knew it was going to happen, but don't you know that when you're aligned with God and you're parallel with, his vision, with your vision and God's vision together, and you know that you're on the right path and you're doing the things that you're supposed to do, the enemy is going to put barriers of doubt and fear in your path. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's fight. So all these people started like throwing these words at me, you know, saying, oh, I don't know how you're going to do this. This isn't going to happen. You know, you're going to run into stumbling blocks with the police and the county and blah, blah, blah. And it was like water on a duck's back to me. Words are words, sticks and stones. Maybe that's kind of how I felt. But fear, the actual fear was what the enemy knew he could get to me. So in 2013, April 15th, 2013, I was registered to run my third Boston Marathon. So those of you that don't know what the Boston, I know you guys all know what the Boston Marathon is, but it's not just a race that you can just go register for. You, it's kind of like the Pro Bowl of, of marathons. You have to actually run another marathon to qualify. 
um, with a specific time based on your gender and your, and your, um, and your age. <laughs> they don't have a gender for they. They only have genders for men and women. So anyway, so I'm not gonna go there. I'm sorry, <laughs> got sidetracked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I know, <laughs> Brooke's like, yeah. So, so um, I'm gonna waste time. So <laughs> 2013, I ran, I was, this was my plan. I'd already run Boston two other times, right? And this is something good to do. Yeah, I'm a coach. You know, people wanna know that your coach has run Boston. So if they, they're wanting a program to, to try to learn how to qualify for Boston, they know that I know what I'm talking about. So I'd done it once in 2009, that was my first. 2011, I ran again. 2013, I'm like, okay, third time's a charm. I'm not gonna do it anymore after this. It's expensive going there. And this was the year that I was, I was ramping up a brand new race. And so I'm like, okay, this is my last, my last Boston. So I get to Boston, and actually I had planned on going there with Brooke, so she was gonna, she was gonna um, come with me. But then we changed our plans the last minute because I thought, you know what, I don't wanna waste the money. I'm just gonna go there and I'm gonna run. I'm gonna take the red-eye flight, go to the expo, spend the night with one of the other runners in my club, and then I'm gonna fly home after the race. I go, Brooke, let's just cancel your ticket. She was really bummed, but she's like, okay. So I run, I'm here, I'm in Boston, I'm enjoying the day. It was a beautiful day. And I'm running the race, and I see Dean, uh, I see Dick and Rick Hoyt, those of you who, he, he's a, there are celebrities in the, in the running community. It's the father who pushes his paraplegic son. And I'm, yeah, and it was their last race too. And I, cause I saw him at the expo and I was chatting with him and he didn't want to talk to me. He was really busy. It was at mile 17. He wanted nothing to do with me. Anyway, <laughs> I crossed the finish line. I crossed the finish line and in Boston, you have to kind of walk away as and you walk and then you grab your water and then you keep walking. And then you walk, I walked about 200 feet, and then I went to get my medal around my neck, and at that moment, all of a sudden, I felt my insides explode. And it wasn't what I heard so much, but it's what I felt. I felt the inside of my body explode, and I turn around and I look at the, start, at the finish line, and there's this huge plume of smoke. And I'm like, what the heck? And I turn around and then people, everyone was standing around and my first initial thought was not like someone was trying to kill me. My first initial thought was, wow, there's a gas explosion underground. That's crazy. And then so I'm walking around and all of a sudden I'm facing the finish line and I look down the street and the second explosion hits, the second bomb goes off. And I'm like, Brian calls me and he goes, you need to get out of there. There's, a ter there's terrorists that are setting off bombs in Boston. And so I, get to the airport because I had planned on, now remember, Brooke was supposed to be there, and where would she have been? She would have been waiting for me at that same spot. So God knew what he was doing. Not only is God going to see that my vision and, and, and my calling is gonna be, but he's also gonna protect me and he's gonna protect my family too. So I fly back to San Diego. Oh my gosh, okay. I, I get back to San Diego and I get these interviews. I can't remember whether it was the Union Tribune and they were asking me, are you ever gonna run Boston again? And you know, that was gonna be my last Boston and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'm gonna not only run Boston again, I'm gonna run Boston every single year that I can qualify until my legs fall off. I am not gonna let fear I'm not gonna let fear hold me back from God's vision and my vision and my calling and my destiny. 
so that someone can scare me, it's not going to happen. I know God's got my back. I know what's going to happen. That year, the whole atmosphere of the whole running community, half were scared, half were not. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I know that all I need is a thousand people to get to just to break even in this first race. And and I just didn't know what it was going to look like. December rolled around. We had 2,500 dollars, 2,500 people in my first race. 2,500 people. That's 1,500 over. And then the next year, the next year, I went back and I ran Boston, and I ran Boston five more times after that. So. When our vision for our future is aligned with God, you better believe it. You better believe that God is gonna make sure that it happens. He's not only gonna make sure that it happens, but any stumbling block, any roadblock that the enemy puts there, God's gonna see that it's not gonna, that, that, that he's there to protect us. He's there to protect us physically, emotionally, mentally, to keep our confidence. My yes was agreeing to God's assignment and his promise for me and my amen was believing, knowing that, that God is true to his word. So right now what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask anybody, maybe some of you are here tonight, you never even realized how involved God wanted to be in your life. He wants to be involved in your life. Yes, we know that when we believe in God and we turn our lives over to Jesus, we have salvation. Like a little bit of faith, right? A little bit of faith gets our soul to heaven, but a lot of faith can put heaven in our soul. And you know what? It's just, it's, if, if you're here tonight and, you're, and, you're, and you, and you want to know, you didn't know that God had ever really wanted to like really have that much to do with you. He does. He wants to do everything for you. He wants to show you your talents. He wants to bless you and wants to prosper you. Maybe you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never done that because you just, I don't know what, what reason. Maybe you just didn't know enough. But you know what? It's not about knowing. It's not about figuring it out. It's just about believing. It's just about believing, you know, and maybe there's some of you here right now that, that maybe, I don't know, one time in your life you might have been, you know, following God and for some reason or another the world kind of took over in your life and then you just kind of backslid a little bit. I did. I backslid. I backslid for years, for years. I was what some people would even call a present-day agnostic. I believed in something, but I had no connection and no relationship with God. Maybe that's you tonight, and you want that connection back. You want God to show you and bless the talents that you have so that you can honor Him and bless others and prosper from it too. So if, if, if everyone could just close their eyes right now and just bow their heads, and while nobody's looking in here, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you have never, you've, you've never made that commitment. Can I just see you raise your hand? No one's looking. No one's looking. Can I see you raise your hands? All right, I see the hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and, and maybe you have maybe backslidden a little bit or kind of walked away from God not let him run your life. You kind of were running things on your own and you want to be back in that place. You might have heard a testimony from Elena or Morgan, and you might have heard something, or maybe from me, and maybe it's kind of calling you back. Maybe God's voice is calling you back right now. If that's you, can you raise your hand right now? Oh, God bless you. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. So many hands. God bless you. So right now, while every eyes are every eyes closed and every head is bowed. 
Let's all just say this prayer together. Maybe we can all stand. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for what you did. Thank you, Jesus, for taking the bullet for me on Calvary. Thank you, God, for dying for my sins. At this moment right now, Jesus, I give you my life. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive my sins. Even the ones I can't remember, Jesus, forgive my sins. And I know as I make this statement right now, you will throw that as far as the east is to the west, never to remember that again. And thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us on Calvary. I know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, so it doesn't matter what I did, that you've accepted me into your kingdom. And from this moment on, I give my life to you. And I promise to make a turn and to repent and to cultivate a relationship with you, Jesus. And if you prayed that prayer tonight, there is a response team right over here, their hands raised, so you can follow them and they're gonna give you a really cool book that says Following Jesus and they're gonna give you a Bible to kind of help you along and, and if you wanna maybe talk to somebody or if you have some questions or some people over here that would be more than happy to help you. And if you want prayer, if you want prayer, maybe you were here tonight and, and you heard something or you didn't raise your hand or you wanted to raise your hand or maybe you just need prayer for something tonight, our ministry team is gonna come forward and we're gonna be here to pray for you. What is it that God has for you? What is it that, what is it that you, have been, you, you have been waiting for? What is it that you have been looking for and you've been learning for? Something's been missing in your life and what is it that's been missing in your life? You know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus died. When he died, he gave us the Holy Spirit to be our helper. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus had over 2,000 years ago, it hasn't changed, he's the same one today. And he's here to help you and he's here to be with you and he's here to show you your gifts that you have. And I pray, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you would just bless and be with every single person in this, in this room right now. Show yourself to every single person. I thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you, God, for what you're doing and for the transformations that are gonna take place. I thank you, God, for the lives that are gonna be changed because from this moment forward, they're gonna walk out today and they're gonna be new people, new creations in Christ. I thank you, God, for showing everybody what their talents are. I thank you, God, for blessing every person and prospering every person. I pray favor and blessing over every single person in this room tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.